1 Kings chapter 17. When you have it, say amen. First Kings chapter 17. And reading with verse number one. And it reads, Elijah the Tisbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Kirish, which flows into the Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed at the brook of Kiris, which flowed into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called unto her and said, Please, Bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And she, as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar. And I see I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in to prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bin of, of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends the rain upon the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah spoke. I would like to use today for our subject of our new series, God is our source. Our subject today is, and the brook dried up. And the brook dried up. 
For those of you who may not know what a brook is, it is a natural uh, uh, freshwater stream, uh, smaller than a river. Oftentimes, the brook will flow into the river or into the ocean. But a brook is a waterway that has a current. That means it's moving. It's constantly moving. That is, it's a constant water flow. That is what a brook is. As you know, as of August, you may not know, but as of August the 29th, 2023, which is the year in which we are in, it is said that 28.76% of the United States and Puerto Rico and 34.28% of the lower 48 states are in a drought. We had a record-breaking temperatures this year, this year, 106 was the record that was set in 1963. We had temperatures of 107 and some reported of temperatures of 108. We had what is called uh, in our day, in our time, we had a short time drought which lasted for several weeks. If you recall, if you looked outside and you looked at the grass that one time was green and you looked not long ago, it was brown. It was brown. It was dead because there had been no water to water it. So we at that time were in a drought. Short time drought but nonetheless a drought indeed. But then there are places in which there has been no rain for months, more than six months in some places. This, my brothers and sisters, is considered a long-term drought. A long-term drought is a period of time which there has been no, rain for, no rainfall at all, leading to a shortage of water, leading to dry ground, leading to dead vegetation. And there is some farmers, the report is some of the farmers of fear that they have lost their crop simply because there was no rain. There has been a drought. And so it is. They look like the situation is dead. It looked like the situation is hopeless. But I want to tell you something today. I come to tell you that when the brook dries up, it is then and only then we recognize and realize that we must look to the true source of where the rain comes from, where the rain comes from. We must look to the true source. Now then, back up. I want to give you a little background on how we got to 1 Kings 17. You see, God had warned the people, listen up, many years ago through Moses, he warned them to be careful, get this, not to turn away from me and start worshiping other gods, start bowing down and worshiping other gods. That's with a small g. Because the Lord then, his anger would burn against you and against them if they would turn from him and turn and start to worship other things, other gods. God said he would shut up the sky and there would be no rain. Now get this, this was years before, before this event that the word of the Lord came to his people. Oftentimes, oftentimes, before the brook dries up, there are some signs, there are some warning signs that things are about to change if you keep going down the path that you're going. Break it down. If you don't pay, if you don't pay your water bill sooner or later, guess what? Your water will dry up. Why? Because they turn it off. 
Now then, you will get a warning, warning that if you don't pay this bill by this time, then we're going to shut off your water. So don't get up. Don't get it twisted. Don't act surprised. When you get up, when you get up one day and you turn and the water does not flow simply because it has been turned off. You have been given warning, but you refuse to heed to the warning. You continue to do things your way. And this, as they did, this is Deuteronomy 11, 16, 17, if you're writing, if you're taking notes and you want to go back and read when it was said back before this time, it was said in Deuteronomy. This was through Moses. Moses told the people what the Lord had said. And so he said he would shut up the heavens so there would be no rain. And guess what? Then the land would not yield its fruit. It would not really yield its product simply because there was no water to, to, to water uh, the vegetation so that it would continue to grow. And guess what? And then he said you would perish quickly from the good land that the Lord give it. So now it is we understand that it was told to us beforehand that there would be a drought in the land if we continue to go and serve other gods. So now it is we are here in chapter 17. Elijah, Elijah, in case you didn't know, we're going to learn a little bit about Elijah. Elijah who names me Yahweh is my God. I would put that down. Elijah who names me Yahweh is my God and he was he was one of the first in a long line of important prophets that God sent to Israel and to Judea God sent him to Israel the northern kingdom and had because in that time during that time there had been no faithful kings none that followed through, followed through on worshiping the one and the true only God. Throughout history, each king before the king Ahab, each king was wicked according uh, 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 to leading the people. That is, they were leading the people to worship idols and heathen gods. They were worshiping false gods. And in this case, they were worshiping Baal. Yeah, they were worshiping Baals. And so, and so there were only a few, get this, of only a few priests left from the tribe of Levi because most of them had left and went to Judea. They had left Israel and went to Judea. And so the priests that were appointed over Israel, the priests that were appointed over Israel, they were corrupt. So it is li living, living in our day and time. There are, there are a few priests who are still worshiping, if you will, the one, the true living God. But then there are only, there are only, there are only, there are only, there are only a few that's left that's seeking to please the almighty God. But then there are many, there are many corrupt and false priests. And if I can break it down, there are many religious, false religious leaders, preachers and pastors, missionaries, prophetess, bishops, whatever you want to call themselves. There are many who are false, but there are a few who are standing for what is right. There are few that would preach and there tell the truth. There are few that is left. And so it is we have that, that Elijah was one of those few during that day and time. And guess what? God called prophets to tell people the truth so that as to rescue them from their mortal and spiritual failure, God has called men and women from all walks of life to tell people the truth, to tell people the truth that God's coming judgment is sure to come. 
There are those who worship Baal because, get this, they believe that he was the one that brought rain. Some believe that he was also the fertile God. He was the one that blessed you to be able to have children after children after children. They believe that he was the one not only could cause the rain to come, but he was the one that would cause the harvest to grow. Can I tell you something today? There is only one God, and we should worship him, and no other God should be before him. That is a command from God that we are not to worship any golden images, any idols, any created things, any wood carving image of any kind. We should not worship them. And so you may be sitting there with your chest out and saying, well, I don't do any of those things. Testify. But can I tell you, can I tell you a little secret? I found out, I found out that an idol is anything or anyone that takes the place of God in our life. I got to tell you that again. An idol is anything or any one who takes the place of God in our life. Can I testify? There are those, there are those men and women who have put the woman or the man ahead of serving God. You were in church at one time. You were in the choir at one time. You were on the praise team at one time. You may have even been an usher in the church at one time, but as soon, as soon, as soon as that fellow came alone or as soon as that woman came alone that you thought had it going on, as soon as they came into your life, guess what? You begin to turn away from God and turn to follow after them. Yes, yes, yes. You begin to turn and follow after them. Can I tell you, you're on your way then for your brook to dry up. You're on your way then for your brook to dry up. The blessings that you once received at one time, it's about to be dried up simply because you've turned, you've turned away from following God and now you're chasing after man. Testify. Many of us, many of us, we have allowed our jobs, we have allow our career to become our idol. Testify. Even to the point that even when we are not at work, guess what? We're not at church. Even when we're not at work, we're not at church simply because we have allowed this to become an idol to us simply because I know that if I go to work, I'm going to get paid. I know that if I do overtime, they're going to pay me double time, time and a half. So then we allow this, we allow this to take the place of God. Testify. I'm glad, I'm glad that it is sports season. I'm glad that it's football season simply because I can talk about that too. Many of us have allowed, we have allowed our sporting events to become an idol to us in that in that we're not in church but we're at the event many of us many of us we can't sit in the church for 30 minutes we can't sit in the church for an hour but God bless we can go to a football game and we can sit there for hours on end at the end of the game regardless of who won your life has not changed one bit you have not grown one bit spiritually but guess what you were at the game testify testify and then pastor Ty I got to talk about this when we come in church and we say lift up holy hand and we say give God some praise guess what we can't get only but two or three but then but then guess what when I go to the sporting event I look around over to the left I look around over to the right and then I look in the middle and guess what pastor Todd I can't hear anything because somebody's screaming somebody's hollering somebody's getting mad somebody's getting upset all because, all because, guess what? They made a bad call or they didn't make a call. But guess what? When I come into the house of the Lord, my mouth is silent. I sit on my seat. I don't want to give up and give the one praise, the one who made it possible for me to go to the game. I don't want to give him praise. I don't want to sing. 
I don't want to give him praise. I don't, guess what? I don't even want to pay. The last time, the last time, I went to two games. Now, one game I went to, they charged me $8 to get in. I went to another game, and they charged me $7 to get in. Why is it, Pastor Todd, every time, me and my wife talked about this this morning. Every time I go to church, guess what? I'm going to reach in my pocket, and I'm going to find that dollar. That same dollar that I've been given for 20 years. But guess what? When I went to the game that done nothing for me other than just made me feel good, gave me a team that I could shout and cheer for, when I go there, guess what? I'm willing to give them all my money testify and what I noticed when we go to these events they have these ridiculous prices that they charge us just to get a little food just to get a little bite to eat what I noticed Pastor Todd it makes no difference guess what that one dollar that you put in church then I see that they pulling out 20s and 50s and 100 and they're breaking it off they're breaking it off so to get whatever it is that they need for something that's only going to last for a little time but guess what can I tell you what you do for Christ that's what's going to last and if I was going to give all my money to anything, I believe I give it to the house of the Lord. I believe it, I give it to the one that can take my little bit and bless my little bit and give me a hundred, give me a thousand fold back in return. I believe, I believe, I believe I would do that simply because I don't want my brook to dry up. I don't want my brook to dry up. So y'all, we got to stop playing church. We got to start doing things the right way. We got to do things the way that God has called and commanded us to do. Testify. I need to help somebody that may read their Bibles and they may not. But guess what? If you come to Bible study, we got what we call now a reading plan. A reading plan It's a handout that tells you what chapters to read. You're only reading two chapters a day. It might take you five or ten minutes at most. But if you're taking a little note, it might take you a little bit longer. So we're, we're doing everything we can to help you, but I'm going to help somebody. Exodus chapter 20 says, and this is a commandment. The first commandment says that thou shalt have no other God before me. And I remember, I remember back in the day and time, and I know that there was sometimes some situations where maybe they took it a little bit too far when we said thou shalt have no other God before me, and they said it was a sin. I remember if you turned the television on, it was a sin. If you wore a dress that was not all the way down to your ankles, it was a sin. I remember that, but in this situation, we're talking about putting a person, place, or thing in God's stead. We're talking about putting things ahead of God. An idol, an idol, and see what was going on back then. It was adultery. That is, they were worshiping someone, something other than the true living God. And isn't it, isn't it funny how when we look at this and we read this and we study, we say, well, I look at this and I know that it's a fan. So why in the world would I be bowing down and worshiping this thing because all it is is a fan? It's not a God. It can't feed me. It didn't wake me up this morning, but guess what? We do the same thing. We worship things. We put things ahead of God. I remember, I remember people praying in church and asking you to pray that God would bless them to get an automobile. And guess what? Women are not as bad, but some of them are as bad as men and that they will take their cause. I have seen it as I was growing up as a kid. I've seen it where men will worship their vehicles and that if it got a little dust on it, you will find them every day when they got off work and their wife beat her t-shirt on. They'll be out there shining 
shining, dusting, cleaning that car, making sure, and then guess what? Not understanding that when you get in it and you go down the road just to peace, guess what? You don't even have to go down the road after you washed it. If it just sit there on the outside, guess what? Dust will come from the air and begin to settle on. But guess what? We put more attention and effort into taking care of our cars than we do in taking care of our responsibility as a husband, as a father, and as a leader of our family. This, this has become an idol, an idol, an idol. And then we have allowed some of our habits, and some of both the habits were talked about in Bible study, but we allow our habits, and one of the, the worst habits in our day and time when we were coming up was the habit of smoking cigarettes. And so we will allow, we allow that to become an idol to us. And I don't know about you. I never smoked cigarette, but I stood back and I watched people who did. And, and Pastor Todd, I don't know, but, but, but when they would go on the outside and, and, and sometimes they would get under a tree, but wherever it was, they lean up against the wall, lean up against the brick building. And then they take a puff, they take a puff. And then, and then as they begin to blow out the smoke, as if, as, as if it gave them some type of warm sensation as if it somehow, somehow made them feel better, as if somehow, somehow it lifted their problem, not understanding that what was happening is that it was destroying their bodies. But it was a habit. It was a habit. And so when we would try to tell them it's bad for you, and they would hear this and that, they say, yeah, I know, but I'm going to die from something. They would make excuses to hang on to what it was that they were doing. My brothers and sisters, that was their primary concern. And what I want to tell you today, my brothers and sisters, that when you put your faith in anything but God, guess what? Your trust in God decreases. When you put your faith in anything but God, your faith decreases. Your faith decreases when, when you put your faith and trust in other God. And then, and then I want to talk about this idol because it's, it's, it's alive and well again in our day and time. And that is, that is, why is it, why is it, why is it, why is it that it makes no difference whether we're in the 50s, we're in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. Why is it that we think a president of anyone, of any kind, of any nationality, why is it that we think they're going to save us? Anybody? Why is it that we think that these people can save us because they're mortal men just like you and I, but we see people willing to die to give their life for a cause that man or woman don't have a heaven or hell to put you in? This, my brothers and sisters, too, is an idol. God is looking down on the heart of men and women, and he's saying, it's time. I'm tired. In this story, Elijah was one to demonstrate the power of God, that God alone was in control. Now, Elijah was given a task to go and to tell King Ahab that there would be no rain. See, what a lot of folks didn't know is that during that time, there had been a lot of kings. And all of them were bad. And then very bad. And then Ahab was better than the bad. And y'all know if you read your Bibles and you study that Ahab's wife was Jezebel. So bad married bad, so you had super bad. So Elijah was sent to go tell him, I know you think you got it going on, O king. I know you got a massive army and everything. But I come to tell you, I got a word for you from the Lord. 
from the true and living God. See, I know you got people bowing down and worshiping to that image you call Baal. Baal is not the God. But I have a message to you from the God. And he told me to tell you that there will not be any rain. I know you thought Baal could make it rain. I know you thought Baal is the one that could bless your harvest. But I come to tell you there, that none of this will happen until I say so. Because the word of the Lord came to me to tell you this. So it is, as Elijah gave the message, told the word, you know this was a surprise to the king. Like, who, who is this guy? What does he mean? I tell you what, maybe we need to take him out. God said, I need you to leave. I need you to go away from here because it's going to happen just as I said. So I need you to leave. And I know as you're going, you're thinking, well, if it's going to not rain, that means it's going to be a famine. I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm not going to have anything to drink. But before he had a chance to even ask, God told him, he said, guess what? This is where I want you to go. I want you to go to the brook, Kirish, go near that brook. And I've already commanded ravens to bring you food. It said food in the morning and food in the evening. Meat and bread. But the brook. So I can see in my mind, I can imagine just going through what we went through several weeks ago. Elijah goes, and he's there, and he's got all this water flowing. Scream, just water flowing down. Starting to feel good. Then I get my first meal. But he said there would be two. So then I get my second meal. I'm good now. I'm out here. I got water. God says it's not going to rain. I'm good. That's how we get sometimes. Prosperity. We get a little prosperity coming our way. We say we're good. But guess what? When the bottom drops out of our imaginary security blankets, where do we turn? When we discover in reality that all our provisions come from someplace else, didn't come from me. Elijah didn't have to do anything but obey God. Did y'all get that? All he had to do was go. And God provided. So it is, he's there. He's got his security blanket. He's got food. He's got water. And then the, the story says, and then the brook dried up. Where do you turn when your brook has dried up? Where do you go? When you know that God told you to do something and you obey, many times God will tell you to do something, say something, or go somewhere that ultimately affects you. It's during those times that your faith is really put to the test. Because you say, Lord, I did what you told me to do, but then look at my my situation. Anybody ever gave because God told them to give? And then your, your, your cupboard got a little thin. 
It may have gotten down to where only there was two or three cans or maybe one can left. And you say, I don't understand because I did what you told me to do. But know that there is provision in obedience. Provision is made possible through our act of obedience. God provides. And see, when God calls you and sends you to go and do something, he's already prepared the way. In this instance, so Elijah did what he was told, and God prepared a way for him. He had food. He had water. But then there came a time that the book dried up simply because there was no water, no rain in the land. It was not because Elijah did anything, but it was because the wrath of God was upon the people. What I saw here is that just because we are the mouthpiece, we are the spokespersons for God does not mean that we are to ourselves won't go through some things. That we ourselves won't go through a drought of some kind. But what it does tell me is that the same God that provided for me then is the same one that will provide for me later. Now then, God tells him, okay, it's time for you to leave here. I want you to go to Zarephath. So there, I've already made provision. There's a woman there basically who's going to take care of you. Okay, that sounds good. I got you. I got that. So Elijah goes, and y'all know that he's thirsty. Anybody been thirsty before? Dehydrated, feel like you're on your last leg? I can imagine that as he got where he was, where he needed to go, he said to the woman to bring him some water. So that meant she had water. And as she was on her way, he tells her, also, can you bring me can you bring me a piece of bread in your hand? Because I'm hungry. <laughs> you want me to bring you some bread? Water, I got you. But bread, there's just enough for me. Just this, I just got a little bit. That's why I'm out here to gather a few sticks so I can, I can make the cake. So me and my son, we're going to eat that and then we're going to die. What I like about this story is that God said he had already made provisions for him with the woman. But when he got there, it didn't seem like God had provided. Now, he had water. She had water, but she's only got a little bit. But this is where obedience comes in. The woman did as Elijah said. Now, I only got a little bit. And you telling me to take my little bit and bring it to you first. That doesn't make sense. How, how is it that after I feed you, I'm still going to have enough for me and my child? She should say, I'm not going to do it. Many of us are guilty of that. Because we don't understand it, we refuse to obey God. But through obedience, she obeyed the man of God. And then Elijah told her that as long as there was no rain on the earth, the flour won't run out. The oil won't run out because God provided. What I want to tell you today, the sacrifices that you make each and every day, each and every week, each and every Wednesday, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, 
Saturday morning, every sacrifice that you make to get into your word, to draw closer to God. And First Lady said it on her devotional call yesterday and again this morning. If we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. And see, in, in this story, we saw a man of God, and then we saw just an ordinary woman who even thought, and, and, and I'm not going to get into that piece. I'll say that for next week. But who even thought when something happened in her life bad that God did it. But we'll find out next time that that was not so. I want you to know today that God is your source. But he's looking for those who would walk in obedience to him, obedience to his word. Say, cast all your cares upon me for I care for you. That's what he wants you to do today. Withhold nothing, but give it all to him. Let us stand. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, you don't know today on whether or not if you die, that you will go to heaven. We ask you to come this morning that we can pray with you that you can be saved. If you've lost your sense of direction, you know you gave your heart to the Lord, but somehow you've drifted away and you want to rededicate your life to him, we ask you to come this morning that we may pray with you. If you're that person that's lost, that's broken, and don't have a church to call home, we ask you to come this morning. As the door is open for you, there's room for you to come. And lastly, if you're there and you're asking the church to pray for you, for whatever it is that you need, whatever that's going on, you're asking us to join in prayer with you on that thing. We're asking you to come this morning. But there's room at the altar for you. There's room. There's room. There's room for you to come. Lord, just like you did for Elijah and the woman of Zarephath, Lord, we know you can do it for us. We know, Lord, when we step out on faith and we do what you call and you commanded us to do, we're going to be talked about. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be called everything but a child of God. But I'm determined to step out for God, and I'm going to live for him to the very best of my ability. I need your help. I need your strength, Lord God, to help me. See, I want you to know that you're not alone today in what you're going through. You're not alone because Elijah was in one place, but God had a blessing for him in another place. But get this, the blessing was not just for Elijah, but it was also for the woman and her household. So oftentimes, y'all, we're looking to God for a miracle, for a blessing. When God blesses you, it's to bless others. It's not just for you. Amen. Let us pray. Let us bow our heads. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus. We come this morning thanking you for just being God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17 where we learn, oh God, that he was a man 
that you chose, Lord, to go and to speak your word to people who were walking in rebellion, people who were walking in disobedience and worshiping and serving idols and idol gods that is false God, not the true living God. And Lord, I thank you, not only did you send him to bring a word to those people, but God, you sent him that he might be a blessing to someone else. And Father, I pray this morning as I came to preach your word, Father, I pray as your word has went forth that not only is it a blessing to me, but it's a blessing to all that are gathered around this altar, all that are in this building, Father. We ask that you will look down upon the hearts of men and women gathered around this altar, dear God. Father, you know what they have need of even before they ask. Father, you know what they're going through, oh God. Father, you know, oh God, the brooks, the brooks, the brooks in their lives, oh God. Lord God, that seems to be drying up, oh God. But Father, we know, Lord, that you've made provisions for them, oh God, if they would only trust you, if they would only choose to believe, oh God, only choose to walk in obedience, oh God, to the things in which you've called and commanded them to do, oh God, you've already made provisions, oh God. Lord God, they will not be thirsty for your word said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And Father, I claim right now in the name of Jesus that you will fill us up, oh God. Fill us up, oh God, until we overflow with your presence, overflow with your spirit, oh God. Fill us up, fill us up, oh God, until we overflow, overflow, oh God, until we run out, oh God. We run out on someone else, oh God. Let the water of your spirit, oh God, touch someone else, oh God, that flows from us, oh God. Let your spirit, oh God, that saturate us, oh God, overflow, overflow until it touches someone else, someone else's life, oh God, that can be made better, oh God, simply because we chose to follow you, simply because we chose to be obedient unto what you call us to do, oh God. Let our light shine, oh God. Let it shine brighter than ever, oh God. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, oh God, for this is our time. This is our season, oh God, and we will walk in it, oh God, trusting you all the way oh God, trusting you to provide for us, oh God. Lord God, you say seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all these things, all these things we have need of. You said they'll be added to us, oh God. And Father, we want to thank you. We want to praise you. We want to glorify you, oh God. We want to thank you for it in advance. Thank you for it in advance. Thank you for the overflow. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for healing power. Thank you for the healing power that's moving through the room. Thank you for the healing power that's flowing through our bodies, flowing through our veins, not only for my healing, but for the healing that I come in contact with, those, Lord God, that I come in contact with, for their healing as well. Thank you for deliverance, oh God. Thank you for freeing our minds, oh God. Thank you for freeing our minds, oh God. Your word declares, oh God, that we should know the truth and the truth shall set us free. And Father God, we want to know you more and more and more. We want to go deeper in our walk with you, deeper in our relationship with you. And Father, we want to thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift the heavy loads. Lift the heavy loads, Father God. Lift the heavy loads. Lift the heavy loads. Lift the heavy loads. As we give it to you, Father. As we give it to you, Father, lift the heavy loads. Lift the heavy loads. Lift the heavy loads. Lord, I give my burden to you. I give my burden to you. I give it to you right now. I give it to you right now. I'm tired of carrying it. It's heavy. I can't go on. I can't go on. I can't go on carrying it. 
And Father, I'm giving it to you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm believing in you to make a difference. I'm believing you're going 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 to make a difference. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for making a difference. Thank you for making a difference in our life. Thank you for making a difference. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus as we prepare to leave this place. Lord, we won't leave in the manner in which we came, but we will leave having been made better. And Father God, because we trust you as being our only source, we put everything at your feet. We believe in you, Lord, to work a miracle. We believe in you to work a miracle and not many days hence. Not because of us, not because of anything we've done, but because of you, oh God, because of you, oh God, and I dare to believe, I dare to believe you to do it for us, oh God. We commit it to you, oh God. We surrender it all to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we believe that it's already done. We believe it's already done. Receive it. Receive your blessing. Receive your healing. Receive your deliverance in the name of Jesus. So be it. So be it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand praise. Let's give him hand praise because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy, he's worthy of the praise.